good to see everybody. Glad everybody's here. This summer, uh, during my sabbatical, sabbatical, I have a one-month sabbatical in the month of uh, July just to rest and to listen to God. Uh, it was such a gift from Storyline to be able to do that. And uh, during my sabbatical, I was inspired by a friend to check in with uh, a dozen mentors and to kind of tell them what was going on with me, what was going on with Storyline, and then to listen to what they had to say. And uh, the thing that motivated me to seek out mentors was this uh, perception that I had that um, Storyline was somehow stuck in its mission. If the purpose of the church is threefold, up connecting to God, in connecting in Christian community, and out on mission to the world, then Storyline, at least as I perceived it, is stuck somehow in the out. And the two ways that I see that Storyline is stuck in its mission are twofold. Um, In the last two or three years, number one, we haven't seen any of our searching friends become disciples of Jesus. And number two, we haven't started any new missional communities. Now, before you get terribly discouraged, um, let me say that none of that is to say that I don't see any movement toward those things at all in our community. I certainly do. We are cultivating relationships with friends who are searching for God. We are developing leaders who very well soon may lead new missional communities. But you can imagine as a church planter, as a missionary, some of the angst you know, that I can feel sometimes, especially when we moved here to start a church to do precisely and primarily those two things. To help disconnected people connect to God and to see the church multiply in different neighborhoods throughout Dallas. And so what I'm sharing, this sense of stuckness that I sense, what I'm sharing with you now is basically what I shared with those mentors this summer. And the words of one mentor after I shared really resonated deeply. His response resonated uh, with me really deeply. It's very simple. He said, the up is the source of the out. In other words, connection to God is the source and the power of our mission. And he went on to say this, uh, the Holy Spirit needs to be a more familiar component of your public and private expression, expression of faith. If there's a disconnect in evangelism, reaching people who are searching, it's usually a lack of dependence on the Holy Spirit for gifts and power. There seems to be a power outage. The Holy Spirit is the power for mission. So get in touch with him. I think he's exactly right. If our mission is to be the light of the world, to be the light of God for the city of Dallas, then the Holy Spirit is uh, he's the power current that runs through that that um, motivates and energizes the light. Right. If our vision is to become this, uh, it's not quite red hot yet, but a red hot center of mission. That makes disciples and works for justice and starts new churches all over the nation. The Holy Spirit is the spark. The Holy Spirit is the flame that makes that red hot center red hot. Uh, The trouble is somehow there is an outage. Um, 
It may be that we're unplugged from the power source. But more likely, um, it's that there's some sort of breakage or short circuit um, or disconnect in the line. And I thought about plugging this back in, but I'm using my better judgment and deciding not to. <laughs> Uh, because that would be a live wire if I did that. I don't think Patrick would be very happy with me if I did that. So, so there's an outage, right? There's a, there's a disconnect somehow for us. And I think that it's because we need to get in touch more deeply with the Holy Spirit. And that is uh, the inspiration for our series this fall. Um, this fall we're going to be having an extend, extended conversation to talk about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and to get to know him better. So here's a question for conversation. Assuming we have one, what are ways that we could address this outage together? And you can talk. You really can talk at this point. Do we have a question up here? Yeah, you Here What are ways that we could address the outage? Just what comes to the top of your head? Put the wires back together? Yes. Metaphorically speaking, that is what we were trying to figure out how to do. That's right. What else? Maybe we can ask door liners how connected they feel yeah. to God and to the Sure. We can listen. We can listen to each other. We can listen to the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple things come to mind when you say that. Number one is, at least in the, the tradition that I grew up in, we had a trinity, but it was it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. You know, we, we didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, and number two is, um, there is a if the Holy Spirit is the gift, there's a lot of packaging that's put around him that's kind of weird, and you know, like. Religious-y and creepy sometimes. And so is there a way that we can wrap up the gift in a way that really makes sense and seems natural and normal for us and yet still connect to that, that the, to the person who is the Holy Spirit and to his, to his power? Uh, those are big, those are big questions. One more thought. Is there another thought out there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Ask and you will receive. And not give up. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. That, that does seem foundational. Um, another way to add to these and kind of connect what, to what Shalisa said. Uh, one way to address the outage is just to grow in knowledge about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, scripture at least for us, is a definitive source 
on the topic of the, the person in the work of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight, I just just to prep you, this won't be like a, a normal sermon if there is one. Uh, we're just we're going to do some Bible study tonight. And I have so we're, we're going to look at a lot of scripture. It's going to be kind of like systematic theology night of sorts. And the good news is we're only going to be here for three hours. So you guys, I mean, we're going to be short and brief. It'll be great. Uh, what we'll do is we'll spend the rest of the, the fall kind of unpacking what we do um, and, and lay out on a big picture level here tonight. I grew up watching Star Wars. I'm sure I was the only one in this obscure series. And I was fascinated by the force, you know, this impersonal, magical power that filled the universe and every living creature in it. Luke Skywalker, he could levitate. Right. Using the force, you know, I uh, I tried a time or two to see if that the force was real and out there, if I could do that. I mean, he had he had such connection to the force that he could, you know, lift a jet pilot or a jet plane up out of the swamp with Yoda's help. I mean, the force uh, was so strong that Obi-Wan Kenobi could make people believe whatever he wanted them to believe. Right. What kid wouldn't want to learn how to use the force? I grew up thinking that the Holy Spirit was kind of like the force, this mystical power that could heal people and make them talk funny, but only in Bible times, according to my Sunday school teacher. Um, And its power was available to some like Jedi Knights and Jesus, but not to everybody. You had to have some kind of secret mojo to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit or the force. And maybe you could levitate and stuff like that. And yet, Jesus says in John fifteen twenty six, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me. And then again, in John six sixteen fifteen, Jesus continues by saying, all that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you in both of these scriptures. You'll notice that Jesus calls the Holy Spirit he. This is a very deliberate grammatical choice. He's choosing a personal pronoun instead of an impersonal one, which is why in this transition uh, translation, it reflects he instead of it. The Holy Spirit was not an it to Jesus. It wasn't this impersonal, mystical, magical force. The Holy Spirit was and is a person. And further, the spirit acts in scripture the way only a person can act in the passages we just read. He testifies. He makes things known in other passages. He convicts. He is grieved. He prays. He helps in our weaknesses. He speaks. He guides. He commands and he comforts from all of this. We can gather that the Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is personal. If you're taking notes, that's on your sheet. You're locked and loaded. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. He is someone for us to get to know better rather than an object or a force that we need to learn to use. And that's a big difference. In Matthew 28, 19, when Jesus commissions his disciples, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
Here Jesus puts the Holy Spirit on the same level as the Father and Himself, the Son, indicating that He saw all three of them on the same level. All three of them were members of this divine community whose authority and reputation uh, the disciples were to baptize others. And so this framework becomes so popular and significant that it catches on in the early church. And leaders like Paul wrote blessings like the one found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, which says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, Paul's use here reflects That Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are each persons somehow in this one divine community that is God. There is diversity in unity there in some mysterious and wonderful way. Uh, In the first few centuries after the time of Jesus, church councils affirmed the tri-unity or trinity of God. Wherein the Holy Spirit is this distinct person in the Godhead who lives in unity and equality with the Father and the Son. So we can conclude from these scriptures and from our our tradition of history that uh, the Holy Spirit is deity rather than this secondary power or angel that does God's bidding. The Holy Spirit, as scripture says, is the spirit of God. It is of the same essence. He is of the same essence as God. Um, this past week, I used some Bible software to highlight all of the references of the Spirit in the entire Bible. I mean, what would we do before Bible software? Like, we would have to, like, read the whole Bible or something. I know, it's crazy, right? Uh, so, I read through all of these passages, all of these references to the Spirit in Scripture. And this major theme just jumped off of the pages. Power. The Holy Spirit is powerful. I noticed his power at work in four major ways. And this is not, this doesn't intend to be exhaustive or definitive um, as much as this is what, this is what presented itself to me. This is, these are the big rocks that I saw and, and that kind of grouped together around texts in Scripture. So I, I, what I want us to do around these four major uh, themes or roles of the Holy Spirit, I'm, I have some readers, and, of which Sarah Paul is the first. So Sarah, will you come up and mic up? And uh, I want she's going to read this first group of Scriptures for us. And we have corresponding PowerPoint scriptures for you to read. I might just... Can you see if I turn the light off? No, I always see that. Okay. Okay, so um, listen to this group of scriptures for a, a common theme or an idea about the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Job 33-4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. Psalm 104-30. When you send your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. Isaiah 32-5. 
till the spirit is poured on us from high, and the desert becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field seems like a forest. Matthew 1.18 This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Luke 10.21 At that time, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. John 3.5 Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Romans 8.11 And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Romans 8.15 The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Thank you, sir. Um, so all of these scriptures seem to demonstrate the way the Holy Spirit is the power for life in creation, like water in the desert, by making us alive with joy and by giving birth to people spiritually and marking them as children of God. On to the second set of Bible passages. Who's group number two? Bland, come on up. So listen, listen again for the spirit in the second set of passages. First Samuel ten six. The spirit of the Lord will come on you in power and will prophesy with them, and you'll be changed into a different person. Second Samuel twenty three two. The spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. Nehemiah 9.20 You gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths, and you gave them water for their thirst. Isaiah 11.2 The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. Isaiah 61.1 The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Joel 2.28 And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. John 16.13 But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Romans 8.26 In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. 2 Corinthians 2.12 we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by humans, due human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, 
explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. So these scriptures seem to demonstrate the way the Holy Spirit uh, is the power for communication. So God communicates to us through the Holy Spirit, through visions, through dreams, through thoughts, through words. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth. The Holy Spirit communicates through us to others giving us words for prophecy and teaching. The Holy Spirit even communicates to God on our behalf, praying for us, interceding for us before God through wordless groans. And just as an aside, um, to follow, I guess, a line of thought from a guy named Dallas Willard, there is nothing in Scripture to indicate that the work of the Spirit in this way or in any of the ways that we're talking about tonight has somehow stopped. Um, or for some reason no longer happens. Uh, the, the same Spirit, Holy Spirit, is alive today as He was in the Scriptures. And so we can hear this stuff for ourselves as much as we can hear it for those who lived in the Bible times. Now, the third group of Scriptures about the Holy Spirit. Who's got group three? Thank you, Sarah. You can see in these texts the way the Holy Spirit is the power for character. He moves us to do God's will. He is, as Romans 1 says, the spirit of holiness. He helps us to say no to our sinful nature and to say yes to living a life of love and selflessness for other people. Okay, we have our final group, group four. Tommy, would you come up and continue to listen about... Um, ideas and themes that emerge about the Holy Spirit. Numbers 11 17. I'll come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. Numbers 13 14. 
Numbers 27:18. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man who is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. 1 Samuel 16. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the Spirit of the Lord came on him in power. Isaiah 42. Here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. Luke 4.16 Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the hope of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these were the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Thank you, Tommy. These scriptures demonstrate... Josh, would you mind getting the lights? These scriptures demonstrate the way the Holy Spirit is our power for service. He empowered Moses and Joshua and David to serve Israel. With their leadership, he empowered Jesus to preach and to give sight to the blind, to free the oppressed. He empowers followers of Jesus with gifts of various kinds. Wisdom, knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues. Each of these gifts are for the purpose of service. To build up the church and to bring about the common good. Elliot, he's a gift. So, the Holy Spirit is our power for these four aspects. Life, communication, character, and service. But in reality, these four aspects really revolve around one central element. Love. God gives us life through His Spirit because of His love. God speaks to us. He speaks through us. He speaks on our behalf by the Spirit Because of his love. God enables us to be people of character by his spirit because of his love. God empowers us through his spirit to serve other people with our gifts to let us be junior partners in his mission in the world because he loves us enough to include us. Scripture says that God is love. It's his defining characteristic. Love is God's essence. And the Holy Spirit is the one through whom we experience this reality. John 5, or Romans 5, 5 says, Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been, given, uh, who's been given to us. So, if God is love 
and the Holy Spirit is the fullness of God, then perhaps the best way to describe the Holy Spirit is to say that he is the power of love. It might be better to say that the Holy Spirit is a powerful lover because he is a person. He is he is powerful and he is loving. All right, we're on the home stretch. In the Gospel of Luke, the disciples asked Jesus to teach him to pray. And then he recites the Lord's Prayer. And then he says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find. And those who knock, the door will be opened for. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you're wondering how to get in touch with the Holy Spirit, the powerful lover, or how Storyline gets in touch with the Holy Spirit, there it is. We simply need to ask and God will give him to us. Uh, so what I want to do is give you some space just for a couple of minutes to reflect and listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, which one of these four roles, life, communication, character, service, which one of these four roles is grabbing your attention right now? Which one do you need the most and why? Which one is weakest in your relationship with God and why? I want you to spend just a few moments asking God to give him more of your of his spirit in that particular area. Um, and, and then I'd encourage you after this exercise, after this gathering sometime this week, would you share that with one single person? Just say out loud what you have reflected on here in prayer. So I'll give you a few moments now. We'll put on some great music while you do it. Thank you. 
this is my prayer for each of us uh, individually, for our community as a whole, that God would fill us full of his Holy Spirit, full to overflowing, and that whatever outages are there, whatever short circuits are there, whatever disconnects are there, that by his grace, he would repair them and set us on fire, set us ablaze, light us up, fill us up, and not just for our own sake, but um, for the sake of the world. Not just for storylines benefit, but so that our neighbors and our neighborhoods and our city and our world could be blessed. Amen.